Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of the More Children's and Youth Leadership Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be listening to episode one of 2022's More Make It Count series. This episode was originally recorded live in July of 2022, so if you want to go and watch the original full video, you can do so by heading to our website, www.moreconference.co.nz. We're going to be hearing from Margaret Spicer, Steph Limmer, and Aki Wurringi. Margaret Spicer has both educational and pastoral qualifications. She has held positions as a Salvation Army officer, Generational Ministries pastor at Crossway Baptist in Melbourne, and is currently the executive pastor at Grace City Church, New Zealand. She is known for conference speaking, leadership coaching and mentoring, and leading strategic team building. Her passion for the next generation and their families drives her desire to see churches effectively engage people with Jesus, where they live, work, play and worship. As a mother and now grandmother, she knows firsthand the value of age-appropriate faith formation in children and youth. As spiritual parents, let's be intentional, consistent and personal, because every child matters. Steph Limmer is the Children's and Families Ministries Coordinator at Hamilton City Salvation Army Corps and has been in the role for the last four years. She loves every waking minute of the job, seeing the kids' bright, smiling faces, seeing them at kids' church, seeing them in their programs where they get to learn about God, seeing the fire in them to build relationships with Jesus. She feels incredibly blessed to be a part of it. She fosters two beautiful girls, and when she's not working, she's doing life with them. Working in ministry with two young girls doesn't leave her much spare time, but she absolutely loves her life and loves how God is using her to impact the next generation. Raki Wurringi has years of youth work behind him, as well as work as a pastor. He's worked in the church environment, but also the school environment. Raki has written educational programs that the Ministry of Education has endorsed and have been used in schools. He's a man of many talents and has a big heart. But enough chit-chat, let's hear what they have to say. So good to be here. You know what I love the most about connecting and with people who work in the next gen space is we have the freedom to be a little bit crazy, but we're crazily impressed about what we do. We actually are intentional. We know that what we do makes a difference until we forget that. And what I'm wanting to do tonight is to help you reimagine what connection and discipleship might look like. And I don't know if any of you have seen any road cones around, seriously. I think there's over a million of them in New Zealand. You've seen them. But, you know, what? we've seen them in some random places sometimes. I've got a picture for you to look at. This uh, tree is filled with road cones, and you kind of laugh at it, and I think, oh, I wish I could have done that. That would be kind of cool. However, those road cones are just plastic cones in a tree. They have no purpose other than to grab our attention and we laugh. Something very different happens when we put those cones in a line. We align them together and instead of just grabbing our attention, they give us direction. And we wanted tonight think about how do we give our ministries direction? What are some of these things that we can do now that will help us grow in connection and discipleship? The first thing that you can do is align your ministries. Actually, that picture of the tree reminds me of a lot of churches. 
all these ministries happening all in the one place, but they're not connected. You know, youth ministry sits and does its own thing because youth ministry leaders are very good at doing what they do. But we've got preschool sitting over here. We've got adult ministry sitting here. We've got people that don't know what's happening in your ministry. And when people from the outside look in, it just looks confusing. But what if, what if we could align our ministries so it makes sense that we work out what we do for our little people, our preschoolers, how we capture their hearts for Jesus. And then instead of just going, oh, now you've done preschool, now what's coming next? Big gear change, we're in primary. There's this alignment that goes through our ministries. It makes sense that we partner with parents, we partner with families, and we're going somewhere. Because that's the thing, we forget that we're taking people somewhere. We're not just entertaining. We want to grab their attention and give them direction to live a life that is fully devoted to Jesus. And what a difference that will make in our communities. So when we have aligned ministries, then what we do is we have people in the youth ministry understanding that those people uh, that they're leading, our high school students, are serving in kids ministry. So we want to be feeding into them so they're giving the right things into our kids ministry. There's got to be that joining together, understanding that we work together. You know, if we want to be on the same page, we've got to get around the same table. I've been around churches often enough to know that sometimes kids and youth don't even talk to each other. That's really sad. One thing we can do is to step into that space. And it's not just in our next gen, it's in the other areas too of our church. Instead of criticising what happens in the kids' ministry, like, oh, they've left it untidy again, uh, we need to be thinking about what is it like for every generation to bring their best game and work together. We can only do that when we're aligned and we're working in this space. So we're moving a family, a child, a person from this place, and we're intentionally saying, this is my end in mind for you. We also forget that families, parents are part of the alignment. You know, it's easy to sort of just tell parents, this is what we're doing. But an aligned ministry will know that parents play a very important part. So instead of telling them what we are going to do, we actually invite them to what they can do and how we can partner together because we're focused on that young person. We want their young person to win. So we want to align our ministries and that can be a great conversation in itself. Yet there's something else that we can do that's really simple and that's enhance our environments. You know, the year that we're in now, it's got to look that same year when they walk into a room. <laughs> You want when the first thing for a young person to walk into a room is, do they feel like they belong? You know, does a preschooler realise this is a fun environment instead of hearing do not touch, it's jump in and play, let's do this. And you want to have the same sort of thing happening for our children, that they would come into an environment where they feel like they belong and our youth as well, they need to come into that space where it looks like something that they would be pleased to bring their friends into. Because the context that we have our ministries in really does impact the way the content is delivered. But here's what I know. You as leaders will probably spend more time thinking about what you'll say than how your young people will, will receive it. Think about your environments and to make them a place where young people feel noticed, 
the difference that it made in our ministries when we decided that every doorway into a ministry space needed a greeter. Now, it's not an awkward person, welcome, welcome, but someone who would call out a name and greet you in a way that really represented your ministry. We wanted to make sure that people felt seen. You know how in youth groups sometimes you call out, say, or who's new tonight? We thought in our ministry, you know what, we should know this. So we called out names of people that we knew that were new. We didn't ask them to stand up because that's just plain awkward. But we said, we know, we see you. We want to be there for you. Environments really matter. And when they're aligned, then we know that the same rhythm happens. There's a social space, a large group space, a small group space. Parents know where they feel comfortable in a ministry space. If you think about how you align your ministries and enhance your environments, that makes way for the content that you want to teach. Really grab hold of it in a special way. Remember, they won't, young people won't remember everything you say, but they will remember how you made them feel. Many of you do that so well. I don't want you to miss that. That's a very important thing. Keep doing it and do it even more intentionally because it really does make a difference. And the third and last piece that I want to leave you with is that you need to be growing as leaders. We don't just want to take you, you know, take you and go, oh, this is what we want from you. We want you to know that serving helps you grow. It's excellent for your mental health. They even say in research that you're serving with a bad attitude is better than not serving at all. Well, we don't want to go the bad attitude, but serving really matters. But we want you to grow in that space. We want you to know that we're cheering you on and we want to help you stretch you a little bit more to make you more of who God created you to be. We don't want to put you into a place and go, oh, you're the leader. Have a good time. Shut the door and we never hear, you know, you never hear from us again. That's not aligned ministry. That's not helpful. We want to walk and journey with you as you move through that ministry year because there'll be some incredibly fun times and some really hard times. Who's going to walk with you? If you're the big L ministry leader, the person looking over all that ministry, then I would encourage you to match people up so that they have someone to walk with them because there are those moments that you say, why am I doing this? But there are some moments you go, oh, this is just the best ever. But as we know, discipleship is not straightforward. It's not a linear journey. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It'll take us time to walk alongside someone. And as we're discipling someone else, we're taking them on a journey. Someone else is working with us and taking us on a journey as well. It's relational. It's not programmatic. It's when we align the cones of our ministries, align our intention, our story, then what happens in that space is a young person grows into their own story. When I tell you my salvation story, it's still mine. And you can sit there with your arms folded and go, that's her story. That's her story. But the moment you step into that space and it becomes your story, that changes everything. And this is what I know. When we give young people a story that's way bigger than themselves to step into, to provide opportunity for, God does something amazing in them. God created them. He loves them. 
And our job is to help them understand all of that and give them the encouragement to walk in a space where they're writing their own story. That's the way, my friends, that our young people are going to reach their generation. And you and I as leaders are critically important to that process as we align our ministries intentionally, we enhance our environments, and we intentionally grow leaders and breathe life and hope into them. We will see Aotearoa and beyond change because young people will own a faith that's theirs and that's unstoppable. I want to encourage you, go for it because discipleship matters and you're part of the picture. Bless you. I'm beyond excited to have this opportunity to share what has been on my heart this year. I pray you are all able to take away something meaningful from tonight that will help you in your area of ministry. It's great to be able to talk about things that make a difference in our ministries. Like you, I am always seeking to learn more so I can be more effective in what I do. So often in ministry, things can get overcomplicated and confusing. It doesn't have to be this way. So tonight, I'm going to share with you three things that help keep my ministry focused. First one, every week matters. We all have a desire to grow God's kingdom through our next generation. You can't convince a young person that they matter to God if they don't matter to you. Every week you show up matters to our tamariki and rangatahi. Every week you show up matters. You are showing the parents you care and are invested in their children's lives. Every week you show up matters. It matters to every other leader who you are serving alongside. Every week you show up matters. God uses it to be his light to all. God has chosen you. He has entrusted you with the most amazing task of all, caring, teaching, and guiding his children. So you see, every week matters. Second, we all need meaningful connections. I know for everyone, the last few years has been a crazy experience, made up of some good and some not so good experiences making it so obviously clear how important these meaningful connections are for everyone. A meaningful connection is a two-way street. Both parties are getting something from the relationship, the ability to share common interests and values. To form a meaningful connection requires engagement, empathy and communication. Now this seems super easy, but how often do we actually prioritise making meaningful connections, especially with our children and young people? We often are more focused on doing things for kids, not with them. I believe connection is important. It makes us feel seen, valued, and it makes us feel safe. It can even give, give us a purpose. Obviously, we all know loving God and growing his kingdom are what we are aiming to do. However, we can't start with discipleship if we don't have meaningful connections. 
especially with children, they just won't engage. This year, my team and I have chosen to intentionally focus on creating meaningful connections in our children's ministries, and it has been a game changer. Creating meaningful connections with kids can seem a little daunting, but it's actually really, really easy. You just need to make it personal. And what I mean by this is getting to know the children. Learn their names, their ages, what school they attend, their dreams and aspirations, what is going on in their world, the highs and the lows. As you are building this connection, remember it's a two-way street. So be open and honest with your children or young person when they ask you questions. Creating a meaningful connection should not stop there. Parents are a very important part of this equation. Parents are the most influential people in their children's lives. They entrust us with their kids each week and they allow us to be a part of shaping their children into the person God wants them to be. We need to honour this and we need to create meaningful connections with parents, support them and equip them in any way we can. There is one more area that meaningful connections need to be made, and this is with your leaders. I want to acknowledge and thank all the leaders. Your passion and desire to share God's love with everyone is infectious, in a good way. You put other needs ahead of your own, you are always willing to go the extra mile. You are all incredible people and I know God has touched so many lives through each of you. It's important that we create meaningful connections with our leaders. And one way I like to make meaningful connections with my leaders is through bribery. No, not quite. But I love to honour the leaders for all that they do. Little things like a surprise thank you gift or a Sunday morning coffee run, or even noticing something that they've done and encouraging them, this can have a massive impact. If you imagine a leader like a jar of M&Ms, they're giving out over and over again. So how are we supporting and refilling them so that they can keep giving out? I live for intentionally creating meaningful connections with others. And I get so excited when I see other leaders make this a priority within their ministries. I have seen the difference it has made in my ministry and how God uses it as a foundation to build upon. My encouragement for you is to focus on intentionally creating meaningful connections. Even ask your team, what is something I can do to remind you who you are matters? And my third and final point is where we are leading young people matters. Discipleship matters. God has entrusted us and equipped us to speak into the lives of children and young people. So let's bring young people on a journey of discovery, guiding them as they discover and live out their own faith story in an age-appropriate way. It's a head, heart and hand story. Head, equipped with the knowledge of the Bible, heart inspired with the heart for God and a love for his people, and hands resourced with the tools and the opportunities to be God's hand. 
Disciples aren't bulk produced, rather handmade. It takes time, meaningful connections, intentional discipleship, but our reward is eternal. Every week matters. Meaningful connections matter and discipleship matters. So make the most of every opportunity God gives us to lead. Hey, hi guys. Uh, so privileged to be here this evening and be a part of more conference. Uh, I want to thank all the organizers for all that they've done. And um, obviously taking a risk by inviting me. <laughs> so um, I'm so pleased to be here. And what a subject that we want to talk about, discipleship and how we uh, reach uh, to the next generation. So um, I want to start off this evening's conversation with a statement. Discipleship is less about morality and more about identity. That's right. Discipleship is less about morality and more about identity. See, I think in the church today, all over the world, we've made discipleship tracks about trying to get people to fall into a certain shape that we might be able to use them for different types of exercises. But Jesus actually showed us that that's not the case. And so really quickly over the next few minutes, I want to point out a few things that Jesus showed. Before I do, I want you to know this. There's a cost to discipleship. And if you're a leader in this room and you're looking over different ministries and whether they are young and whether they're a little older, I want to tell you it is God's plan and it is Jesus' uh, uh, um, command that you go out and you make disciples. And so if you wanted to, or if you did know when you didn't know, well, I'm telling you now you know that that's the whole process and the whole purpose to us coming to faith. It's to find others and to lead them in the journey of discipleship. So here we go. Luke chapter 14. If you've got your Bible, you can read it from verses 26 right through to 35. I'll paraphrase it right down, but I've got six points. Stay with me. Number one, verse 26. Jesus says, you should hate your mother and your father. What you say? Well, what Jesus really is implying that we need to forget uh, our families, our cultures. We need to put those things that we've brought up with, our aspirations, our desires, our normals. We need to put those as second place to what Jesus' identity was or is. And we need to live and follow after him. And so following after him, he becomes the most valuable thing to me or you who are his disciples. Number two out of verse 33, forget yourself. That's right. We've got to give away all of our rights, all of our dreams, all of our aspirations. And we're living in a world today where, uh, you know, everybody's screaming, but it's my right. It's my right. It's my right. But I want to tell you something as a true disciple, as somebody who truly says, I'm going after Jesus, that it's going to cost you something. Now, I want to back it up real quick because there's a picture um, before. In, in this passage of scripture where Jesus has been followed by a great crowd. You know, there's crowds of people. Some of us in ministry may be trying to, you know, you're seeing a big success, you're getting a crowd. But Jesus stops in this moment and he begins to lay out the foundations of what it costs to be a disciple. And so as a leader, I want to tell you, yeah, go for the crowd, but find those in the crowd that you would call out to be your disciples under Jesus's lordship. Number three out of verse 27, forget your own comfort. 
But I thought we're living in a modern day, you know, where we get to choose what's comfortable. Yes and no. We are living in a time where if you are a disciple of Jesus, it's less about what you get and more about what you give. Jesus was the example of that, obviously. He left heaven and earth. There is no greater comfort. He came down to the planet, squished his awesomeness into the body of a babe, and he came, lived a life, and died for you and for me. What greater love should any God do for you and for me? And he asks us as disciples, forget about you. Come on, it's all, it's all about others. Four out of verse 27 it's all about relationship, not religion. Jesus said, follow me. I've got a few points on this. There's a difference. You see, relationship, he says, follow me. In other words, watch me, observe me, obey me, emulate me, then do the same as what I do. In other words, you saw me healing sick people, go out and do the same. You saw me raising people up from the dead, go out and do the same. You saw me, you know, miraculously feeding thousands, go out and do the same, but you only do those when you have relationship with me, for I am the source of power. But this is what religion is all about. Religion is are those who attend, but really never commit. They're the ones who give, but they never truly invest. They're the ones who serve, but they never truly sacrifice. And I want to encourage you as a disciple, as a leader who is looking for disciples, why don't you talk to young people? Why don't you talk to those below? I believe young people will be inspired to go after these things. Disciples move from the crowd into the core. Five, stay with me. I know, you, I know I've got you. Verse 28, be committed to the expense, not the emotion. In this passage of scripture, Jesus talks about no man builds a temple or a tower without first weighing up the costs. You know, to be a disciple, you got to understand that there's a cost involved. And, uh, and, and he's saying, count the cost. Know what it's going to cost you. Might cost you emotionally, might cost you financially. Let me tell you, as a believer and as one who has walked this journey for a number of years, man, it has cost me a lot. Yet, I can tell you with hand on heart um, that I would not be the man that God has called me to be or had the blessings that God has brought about my world had it not been my desire to stay the course Pay the price and let God pour his blessings out upon my life. And, I, and can I encourage you and inspire you? He will do the same for you. For God is at your source and your supply. Verse 6, sorry, number 6, real quick, out of verse 34 and 35. I want to encourage you that as Jesus was an environment changer, as a disciple, we need to be environment changers. Well, what do you mean by that? You should, as a believer and as a disciple, have it. You should be changing the atmosphere in your family, in your work, in your social social communities. Uh, oh, sorry, in your in your social groups, in your communities. Perhaps you're at school. You should be changing the atmosphere. You should be like salt, scattered out, and bringing a, a taste of of God power and God faith into that situation. If you're a business owner. You should be bringing a change. You should be bringing an atmospheric change uh, because God has called you to be salt and light. Look, I'm really looking forward to our ongoing discussion as uh, we get into uh, our next little bit. Um, a little bit of a whakatoki or a, or, a, or a proverb that many of you may know simply uh, goes, uh, uh, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. 
But a second half of this whakatauki, this proverb, that often isn't spoken about is this. So if you want to get what you've never got, you'll have to do what you've never done. Folks, it's been a pleasure being with you. Ngamihi nui ki a koutou Welcome back, everyone. It's so good to um, be joining you. Uh, we're back here with our guest speakers, and um, thanks so much for everything you shared with us in the first half. Um, so just a reminder to keep those audience questions coming through. Um, this is where we're going to, you know, be having some chats around the coffee table and things like that, and um, just kind of see where the conversation leads us. So if you're at home online, make sure you send those questions through. Yeah, also just want to promo quickly. It's a really cool resource that we have created by a very talented designer and youth leader from Auckland, Sabrina Divot. If you're watching Sabrina, I don't know if you are, but we, we really love you. Um, this is a really cool resource for storytelling. It basically sparks discussion in like youth groups um, in particular, but for anyone. Um, and in my experience, it's you know, sparks quite vulnerable conversations as well, which is awesome. Um, we have three to give away. Um, so to the best caption for this card <laughs> that Kate nice. is holding up right now. Um, so post your best caption for this hammer. It looks like it could be anything, you know, up to the imagination. Um, so put that in the chat and we will announce the three caption champions um, at the end of the night. Ooh. So keep engaging in the chat. It's awesome to see you guys doing that. Awesome. So. This is our round the table chat um, with our three speakers. It's so good to have you guys here. Um, so we just kind of wanted to get to know you a bit better to start things off with um, and to kind of find out what, what do you do week to week in your ministries? You know, what does your life kind of involve and comprise of? So we'll start with you, Margaret. Yeah, great. Um, I'm the executive pastor at Grace City Church. And so that keeps me busy um, leading teams and things like that at church. Uh, but I also am developing the, my passion area of coaching. Um, I really want to get alongside different leaders. So I get that opportunity of doing both and as part of my role at Grace City right now. Oh, awesome. That's so good. And um, what about you, Steph? Um, I am the Children's and Families Ministries Coordinator at Hamilton City. Um, that is a crazy busy role, but I love it and I love connecting with Afano all over Kirikirirua and when I'm not doing that, I have two beautiful foster girls. So, hi Savannah and Yasmin, I know you're watching. <laughs> so, yeah, they are amazing and I absolutely love spending every minute with them that I can. That's beautiful. Awesome. And you, Raki? Um, so, yeah, I'm the senior pastor of C3 North City. Uh, C3 Church in uh, the north of Hamilton, and uh, look, uh, ministry life, you know, it's what it is. It's leading people, it's encouraging people, it's pastoring people, it's uh, taking them through some of their highs and their lows, and uh, we're passionate about reaching our community, and right now we've got a lot of focus toward um, community events, mm. um, and, and most particularly toward the young adults um, age group. So uh, yeah, that's kind of consuming a lot of a lot of my time. Aside from that, obviously being a father and a grandfather and a husband and also in a business. So um, yeah, you know you kind of just, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. 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 Not too much. Eh? Yeah. Nah, not too much. 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for your answers, guys. Another question for all of you. Um, what would be one piece of advice you would give to someone first starting out in a position of leadership within children or youth ministry? Who's going to go first? Oh, hey, yeah. oh, Maggie. 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 Absolutely, absolutely do. I, I think the most important thing is to be who you are in, in, in ministry. Awesome. Don't try and be somebody that you're not. You look around and say, oh, this person does this really well. This person does that really well. But the whole idea that we bring our best game in when we're who God made us to be. Um, and allow yourself to be stretched and growing, but just be comfortable that you have what it takes. Mm. And I think most of the time talking to young leaders, they go, oh, I'm not sure that what I do really matters. It matters all right. Mm. Yeah. 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 yeah, so true, because actually like a lot of young people do start out in, you know, children's ministry. So mm. that's really encouraging, you know, that what you do does really matter and you can, you know, make it count and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What about you, Steph? Um, yeah, honestly, mine would be the same as what Marg's just shared, but God has chosen you and he has equipped you with everything that you need. Um, you may be young. I started out and I was super young, but honestly, you can do anything. And I know through God, you will do amazing things. So yeah, just take it, take that leap of faith and have fun with it as well. Don't let things um, weigh you down. Like. You're working with kids. What else could you want? Like, you you get to go and do all the awesome, fun things. Like last week, I went to Ninja Valley, and we were jumping on trampolines, and we were climbing through obstacle courses. So, you get to have these amazing experiences with kids. So, enjoy it and have lots of fun as yeah. you do it. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to repeat the question to remind everyone what we're talking about. <laughs> um, but one piece of advice that you would give to someone first starting uh, out in children's It's a great, it's a great question, yeah, Georgia. Someone actually <laughs> recently asked me this. Actually, look, I'll tell you what I tell you what I said to them. Um, um, if you want to be a leader in uh, in the church, you got to be ready to um, lead at a higher level. Mm -hmm. um, like start now. Uh, and one of the examples that I use is um, someone who's leading worship in church, let's say. If you want people to um, sit, then stand. If you want people to stand, then stand and clap. If you want people to clap, then you've got to dance. If you want people to dance, then you've got to mosh. And if you want people to mosh, then you've literally got to stage dive. And uh, I, I just believe with all my heart that <laughs> leaders lead yeah. at a higher level. Yeah. And... and and lovingly, guys, if you're not prepared to go to that next level, um, then I would say you're in for a word of hurt. Yeah. Because I would say that it's our desire that our leadership makes a difference in people's lives. Um, and we're living in a world where I, I believe with all my heart, young people are looking um, for those that they can aspire to. Mm. So, yeah, if you're doing it, go hard. Go home or go home, you know? Yeah. yeah. That old saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you um, ever think Jesus would have stage dive into the crowd of, you know, 5,000 people? I know, I know people. he would. Yeah. I know yeah. he would. Yeah. 5,000. Yeah. You know, okay. a few fish and loaves and then whoop, off yeah. the stage. Yeah. Yeah. While they were collecting the 12 baskets, he was like, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Off he goes. Oh, so good. Awesome. Yeah, that's really, really good advice. Um, so just, um, you know, wanting to unpack some of the stuff, kind of, um, Marg and Steph, you talked a lot around the same kind of stuff 
in children's ministry particularly, and you know, in youth ministry too, but um, you know, if a, a new family, a new parent was to walk into your ministry, because quite often it's easy to connect with the children because they, they're there, you know, you can ask yeah. them, you know, where do you go to school or kindy or whatever, you know, how old are you, what's your favourite colour and all that stuff, but what are some practical things that you do to make those initial connections with parents? Yeah, you go first. Okay. Um, I'm really big on making it personal. So as soon as I see a new family come in or I hear of a new family come in, I will go and introduce myself. Um, I've got a crazy personality, so they probably see me coming and they're like, whoa, who's this psycho? But no, I run up and I'm just so excited to see them, get to know them welcome them into our space um, and then if they have questions or anything I'll stand there and I'll talk for, with them for as long as they need until they feel comfortable to either leave their children with us or run out the front door so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's really good make it personal eh? yeah, yeah and Mark you yeah on a practical level we're thinking about um, teenagers and in youth ministries Often parents feel like they're not welcome in that mm. space, they feel very awkward. Mm. So we actually have parents that are on deck to greet mm. uh, in that space. And we want to make sure that parents feel comfortable, and we use the phrase, be in the kid's world, but out of their face. Yes. So come in and be part of that environment. Don't sit out in the car park, but connect with other parents, because we know that if other parents connect together, they can support one another. It's scary parenting teenagers. Uh, and so we have others supporting the, you know, the youth ministry mm. in that space. So trying to make parents feel comfortable in an environment that's geared up for their kids, yeah. but we want them to feel that they matter. So trying to think of it from their perspective and to let them know that they are welcome in that space. And then to just say, as they're kids are going out or things like that in the end of the evening, uh, just encourage them in what they can do. And the emails that we send to parents are really important. And we use the phrase, a wise parent would do this. Yeah. And so just, you make the choice, but yeah. this is what you can do yeah. post the environment of what you know your young people have experienced. So I think it's actually getting parents to realise they're part of it, yeah. but they don't have to stay in that space but they're part of the ministry and we're not scared of them. Yeah. Um, we welcome them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Very, very helpful advice. Um, Raki, I have another question for you. Sure. Um, you obviously have a real passion for youth and youth who may be wandering, wandering more aimlessly than others. Yep. Um, so how can leaders who want to journey alongside those young people most effectively and practically step out in faith to do that? Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm going to sound a little bit like a broken record, but it kind of it kind of comes back to inspiring young people. Yeah, I think we're living in a time where young people are accepted if everything is just meh, you know, everything's just meh, and and I think there's not enough challenge, or um, yeah, there's not enough challenge for young people today. I think and. And because there's no challenge, I think we down, we actually make excuses for their meh-ness. Um, so, how do you get involved with a young person like that? Um, I think you've got to inspire them with um, your own stories. You know, the, the Bible says that the devil is defeated by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. In other words, we've got to consider and remember that we are in a spiritual journey. 
And so those young people that are in a battle, we've got to see it for what it is. It's a spiritual battle. And when um, my experience has been, I was completely floored to hear the story of a woman who had been through a journey, man, like just been through a journey. And she told of how God took her from the guttermost to the uttermost. And I just went, man, hook me up. I, I want to I connect to that train. You know, and that, that was some 30 some years ago. Wow. Um, but to this day, you know, I've, I've not just heard it from others, I've witnessed it for my own life. So um, mm. I think young people need inspiring. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you're so right. Um, and just one more question for all of you. Um, what is a key scripture that you base your ministry around? I'll jump in. Yeah, you jump in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I'll shush. Yeah. I'll press um, The age old one only because it was the very first um, scripture that I that I memorized, and you know, and still holds true. Um, you know, it's out of Proverbs three, five, and six. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will make your path straight. And I love that because, um, to this day, honestly, um, I made the path crooked, and He drew me and made it straight again. Yeah. You know, and every time I made it crooked, He continued to bring me straight again. And every time I acknowledged Him, you know, the clouds left, you know, and the blue sky came. Yeah. All of that. So that's that would be my key key motivating scripture. Yeah. yeah. Margaret, what about you? Yeah, well, there's sort of so many. That, oh, my goodness. But, but I, the one I keep coming back to all the time is those who seek me will find me when they seek mm. me with all their heart. And in the times when I feel that I, you know, I'm not as in tune with Jesus like I, I should be, it's not Jesus that's moved. I've taken my eyes mm. off yeah, him. Come on. Yeah. And yeah. he doesn't play hide and seek, yeah. but he wants me to seek him mm. so he will reveal what I can cope with. And so he was not going to reveal parts of himself that mm. I'm not ready for, but he will do this faithfully. So I love to come back to that all the time. Yeah. Challenge. Very good one. It's mm. a yeah. big challenge. Yeah. And Steph? Um, I think I'm going to say typical Christian answer, to be honest. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future. And I think when we're working with kids and this day and age, some kids don't feel like they've got a hope or they don't have a future. They might come from a crazy background or they might just have such crazy things going on in their yeah. home. Mm -hmm. But to know that God has yeah, specifically chosen them, he's got a future for yeah. them and there is hope. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely that. Awesome. That was only two verses before mine. Oh, <laughs> oh did <laughs> you plan it? Yeah. <laughs> but the funny thing is verse 12 yeah. talks about when we pray, God yeah. hears us. Yeah. 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 I love it. The hope yeah. in the future, yeah. seeking God, finding him, but the key is prayer right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. It's a good passage. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful passage. Yeah. 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 That's so amazing. And like what I love and often think back on is, you know, my time in as a child and a young person, just those really foundational things like you've shared. Um, you know, like I think back on them often. I'm like, man, as a kid, I really believed that. Yeah. And it really yes. set that, you know, yeah. foundation for my life. And how cool that, you know, all you leaders at home and, you know, all of us here yeah. are, are working in that space to really set those solid foundations that, you know, hopefully people will build their life on which is awesome. Um, 
Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for sharing, um, you know, those pearls of wisdom. <laughs> um, we're going to head now to some of the questions that are coming through the chat. Um, so if you've got more questions at home, please keep sending them through. Um, and so the first one um, is going to go to you, Mark. So um, in your question, uh, in your talk, we were talking about matching yep. people together. So um, in context of the Salvation Army, what about smaller core? You know, how does that work when maybe leaders are kind of few and far between? And how do the road cones align? <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. I think no matter what size church you're in, um, the road cones need to align. And I think more so in a core that is, is smaller, because sometimes we try and act too big. We mm. try and do too much and we spread our resources too thinly right. yes. and we feel like yeah. a little hamster running in the wheel and we're getting yeah. nowhere. Yeah. We've got movement, but we've got no momentum. So I think we need to be looking brutally, honestly, and going, what's moving our ministry forward? Where does it all align in our core story? Yeah. And if something is there, we love it, but it's not aligning in anything, kick the thing out. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Take it out. Necessary. And yeah, sometimes we hold on to things and go, oh, this is just too precious. Mm. Um, if you ever doubt that you should get rid of some stuff, read the history of Kodak and why they don't, um, they're out of the market now. Mm. You know, the fact they wanted to hold on to the things that they had before, yeah. didn't go digital. They were the first ones to think of digital, mm. but they didn't yes. pursue it. Yeah and then they lost it. And that's not my worry for the church, broad yeah, spectrum, yeah. that we're not grabbing hold of those things. So aligning our ministries, are we taking our families somewhere? Now, when you ask me about who do you match someone to, yeah. it's great when you've got a big ministry, you can match people and all of that. But I think it's even more important that you don't leave leaders feeling alone. Yeah, true. Because yes. that's yeah. where Satan gets in and goes, sees all feeds all these negative things in. So even if the person that you're matched to is not um, in the ministry themselves, so say you've just taken over the children's ministry and you're trying to bring in other people and you're feeling lonely, what about a parent? Of one of the kids, True. Yeah. Yeah. they should be invested in the heart of what you're yeah. doing, and not asking you about, you know, how are you planning your Bible story or what is he doing this, but how are you? Mm -hmm. yeah. What yes. made you feel that you did well? We ask two questions at the end of our ministry hour every single time, and to every person answers this. Mm. Somebody going, what went well? Mm. Something's got to go well. What, what are you yeah. rejoicing about? And what's one thing you will do differently? Mm. Is that self-evaluation. I'm going to do differently to this. I'm going to make this step here. And I tell you, those two simple questions mm -hmm. fill your heart yep. and yeah. actually give you motivation to do it differently again next week. Mm. We get better, our ministry gets better, mm. and our kids keep coming back and they grow. And do you think, Marg, that, you know, that time at the end of as a team is really vital? Oh, it's 100% vital. We have two components that we have 30 before, 30 minutes before every ministry hour that we're involved in, no matter what area you are in the church. Mm. We have a time of vision casting. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Information and prayer. And yeah. then that 10 minutes at the end, I think that is vitally important. Because here's what I've discovered as a ministry leader. Some of my team were going away feeling like they've been a failure. Right. I looked at them and said, you smashed it. They said, the kids won't listen. Yeah. Um, and then helped them identify the win. Because when you can identify the win, you go, okay, those yeah. things unraveled, but that yeah. was a win. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Yeah. So have people around you, no matter what size. Yeah. 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 Thanks for that awesome answer. Um, Steph. 
Got a question for you. Um, how can you practice, practically prioritise meaningful connection? Because, you know, some weeks it doesn't feel like there is enough time yeah. just, you know, just preparing for programmes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And honestly, we all have these weeks. Like, some weeks things just completely go out the window and life happens. But making a meaningful um, connection with kids is not something that's going to happen overnight. So it's something that you're going to have to work and work and work at. But when you're having those hard weeks, like don't don't make that your main focus. Like your main focus needs to be your ministry and running that program. Yeah. But even if you go, okay, I'm having a hard week. Ministry is just going to it's to, it's going crazy today. But I'm going to go and have a talk to that one child over there mm -hmm. because me talking to them is going to light brighten their day and who knows, they could have had a week just as bad as what my week is. Or maybe it's a parent is having just as much heart problems with their little kid as what you've had with your kid that week. Um, go and talk to that one parent. It doesn't have to be every single week you're trying to create meaningful connections with every single person and parent who's around in your ministry. Just focus on one, start with that and build it from there. Yeah, so yeah. kind of like what Margaret was saying about how it's sometimes just the little yeah. ones. Yes, that, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Thanks, Steph. That's some great advice. And I'm going to throw it over to you, Raki. So, um, is it more about identity or relationship? You know. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Really throwing Loving the potato, tomato, potato, potato. Why not both? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, I, I think. I think. Um, a relationship must become identity. Mm -hmm. I think we start in relationship and then we have, we form identity, personally speaking. Look, I'll tell you, listen, guys, whatever floats your boat, to be honest, it's all about lifting Jesus higher and us going lower. Um, and so whether you call it relationship or identity, what I do know is that for me personally, uh, my relationship, because it passes through the filter of my humanity, um, it's got a bias on it. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. But when I read the Word of God and I see what Jesus' identity is, it makes things super clear for me what I need to be doing, acting, behaving, thinking, becoming. Mm. Um, so, yeah, look, um, that, would be, that would be my uh, um, advice. Whatever floats your boat, as long as Jesus um, as long as Jesus is lifted higher. Remember, um, Jesus said, um, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. So, um, so yeah, it's about discipleship, guys. And it's not, although Paul did say, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. Um, you know, I would, I would kind of imply, don't draw people to you. You're not good enough. You've got to draw people to you in Christ. All about his identity through us. I'm not sure if I confused the matter, but there it is. No, <laughs> I think you answered it very well. Um, these questions are great, guys. Keep sending them in. We're loving it. Um, now a question for all of you. Um, so seeking advice. This person is an acting youth leader, and sometimes they find it hard to stay on track. Um, so they find it hard to lead by example, um, and, I feel, and they feel like um, they're easily swayed by the ways of the world. Right. Um, what advice would you give to them? Um, Steph, do you want to start? Oh. Um, honestly, that is 
really tough and I feel like I can relate with that because being young myself and you want to live your life as a young person but you've just got to be centered in God and you've got to trust that God like yeah, you've got to trust that he knows what he's doing with you mm. um, and yeah in the end bring it back to him if you can feel yourself being swayed or going a little bit off track bring it back to God yeah, yeah. and if you're struggling with that go to a mentor or somebody who's going to be like mm -mm, that ain't how you do it girl you need to get back on track so yeah, you need those people in your lives as well, challenging you, but also encouraging you. And, yeah, who you can turn to. Yeah. yeah. Can I jump in? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, look, I, I just yeah, like like Steph, I'm young too, and um, <laughs> yeah, uh, not really. No, um, but look, uh, young person, um, you're normal. Yep. You're this is this is kind of normal. And this is where I want to kind of, once again, kind of circle back. Discipleship is about his identity, not your morality. Mm. See, we are always going to drop the ball, every single yeah. one of us. And I think we should just be done and say church is called, you know, Sinners Anonymous. I mean, you know, we're just going to, you know, it's just, let's just call it for what it is. But I think the reality, my friend, is that um, um, you are okay mm. and um, your willingness to continue to serve in that space mm. yeah. is all God needs. Mm. So one, if I can encourage you, um, uh, again out of the um, out of the, par pro pro the parable of the um, of the uh, prodigal son, um, God is God. God is just waiting for mm. His son to return. Mm. And any area that you are far away from God, as the guys have already said. You can come lovingly and openly back to God and say, mess up again and know that his arms are wide open for you, his forgiveness and his grace. Now, here's where I, here's where I really push to identity. The power of God is not based upon whether or not you are worthy enough. It's yeah. whether or not you are willing to allow the power of God to flow. Yeah. And then when you have a look throughout scripture, you will find right through that God's flat power moved on some of the most wicked of us all. Yeah. God was willing, because they were willing, God was able to use them. So I hope that encourages you. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, most definitely. I just think it's really important to realise that we can get, put ourselves in the position of wanting a highlight reel. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. sort of, you yep. Insta post and all of that sort of thing. You want to front up as if everything's all together. Actually, there's more power, I think, mm -hmm. in saying, you know what, when it comes to courage, guys, I'm struggling with that. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. watch what you share, um, but you always need to share with someone to be accountable, particularly if you're facing strong temptations, and we all do. Mm -hmm. But if yeah. you think, cause just because there's a leader up there speaking, mm -hmm. that we're not, well, just think of us yeah. tonight, yeah. we are not struggling with stuff, then that's actually wrong we are yes. but the power that I have in ministry particularly to teenagers and young adults is saying I haven't got this sorted yeah. but I'm going back to what I know to be true that's why those mm -hmm. truths of scripture are important yes. this is true so on that foundation I can step forward nice. and yeah. it's just important and even if you're journaling or not even a journaler of some sort just write on sticky notes this is true this part's true, and that counteracts some of your negative thinking yeah. because mm -hmm. it, Satan can get in there and play a reel in exactly, our mind exactly. and can distract us from the very thing God's called us to. Mm. Yeah. 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 Hang in there. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so this one comes in again from the chat and it says, Align Ministry so good. And what a, yeah, amazing. Loves the road kind analogy, yep. eh? And the yep. trees, it was so funny yeah. with yeah. all the oh. yeah. Um This person's asking, has anyone else had trouble with this? And how, you know, how have you changed the atmosphere of your ministries or whatever? And, you know, to take a second. Has anyone not had trouble with this? Yeah. I love the phrase, that vision unites but strategy divides. We all want people to follow Jesus. We, we can all agree on that, Gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the moment we start to talk about how we're going to do it, it's like the boxing gloves come out. But what I found is important, and I've done this in several churches and as a consultant, worked in mm. spaces, you need to get around the table. Mm. You need to start building relationships. Yeah. And there comes a truth-telling time yeah. that actually... People are carrying something. Sometimes in their past, they're going, I believe that I've got to do this and it's got to be done this way. Mm. Um, get it, some of it out. And you may need someone to help facilitate because we're passionate people. Mm. But to keep the main thing, the main thing is we want to see mm. young people on fire for Jesus. Yeah. So yeah. if we can wrestle this out and get on the same page, yeah. then we get exponential growth. Yeah. Whereas other than mm. that, we're just doing our own thing and we're not actually helping them see the long journey. Right. And yeah. We're not seeing yeah. the long journey. So yeah. it's worth the conversation. And if you're at the very beginning stages, invite someone for coffee. Mm. Just say, I'd yes. like to shout you yeah. a coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I get suspicious, but don't worry. Just say, <laughs> I'll pay. Yeah, yeah that's what I yeah. <laughs> You'll pay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then talk about, well, this is what I see in ministry. Tell me a bit more about yourself. Yeah. And I tell you, yeah. I've seen some incredibly healing conversations happen. Mm -hmm. And I've just been watching and drinking yeah. coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So, yeah. <laughs> Be proactive in that space, but pace it. It's yes. not going to change overnight. It yeah. didn't get that way um, overnight. So, but don't give up on that idea. I, um, I heard, heard somebody say, you know, it's not ministry, it's ministry. In other words, it's all about me. Yeah. You know? and, um, yeah. and it's so easy to, it's so easy for ministries to become their own little Thing, you know, yes. you know, yeah. and it's it's almost like, man, it's just like a just like a clogged grip, and you just can't get it out yeah. of some people's um, control. Um, look, when it's when it is like that, it's sometimes, you know, short of a piece of dynamite, um, it's you know, it can be quite messy. Um, but I think if you walk in grace, as you say, you walk in grace, you walk in love, understanding. Those coffees, man. Those coffees, you know. Triple shot. Just do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, should, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be ministry. It should yeah. be. Yeah. You know, it should be us. It's about ministry. Yeah. Yeah. But the advantage you have in the Salvation Army is that you've got people around you that can help speak into that space. If you feel it's a yes. really big issue, yeah. then reach out to someone and say, I feel this is a big issue. Yeah. What, what can we do about this? Mm. And invite yeah. someone else to be part of that totally. journey and yeah. guide you. Yeah. Because, you know, in my younger days as a leader, it was all this or nothing. And I've learned to be a little bit wiser. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, again, get some extra help in that yeah. space if, yeah. you, if mm. you need to. Yeah. Oh, awesome, guys. Thank you. Next question. Pretty much open to anyone again. What are your top tips for building an intergenerational ministry? Ooh. Second if you need to. Yeah. <laughs> Steph, if you have something to say. I love this question. And then on the other hand, I hate this question as well. Because it's like, <laughs> oh, it's so challenging. Yeah. But it's like we all face it. And 
honestly, it's a genuine question and I don't have an answer for you. Like, I wish I had a magic wand that I could just wave and every single church was intergenerational. Like, it just should be, but it's not. And I know, especially trying to bring it into children's ministry as well, it can be so hard trying to convince um, some of, even some young people to come in and help or the older person who's just sitting at the back of the church. It's like, well, you could come and sit at the back of our kids' church and you could be like a grandparent figure. Yeah. It's just, you just got to slowly keep chipping away at it and yeah, you will, eventually you'll be able to make a difference in that space and bring in the right people who can help you journey along there as well. Yeah. But yeah, when you find the answer, please let me know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just bouncing off something you said there is that we had a time in our call when we couldn't get um, someone to run the preschool mm. uh, or stir enough storytelling. So I actually got that I watched in the foyer the older people that told big stories. Some of them were true, some of them are not probably, but they, they were storytellers. And so I actually got them to come and tell some Bible stories. Nice. And so they had nice. to put on the Bible yeah. story yeah. jacket and the Bible <laughs> story hat and they came and spoke to our preschoolers. Oh my goodness, did yeah. it ignite the older people? Yeah. The little ones loved it. Mm -hmm. It was for a term, you know, just a space, yeah. but it, it helped and ticked so many boxes. Mm. And I learned to be a little bit savvier at that point and go, how do you orchestrate some mm. connections? Yes. You know, yeah. it's almost like blind dating or speed dating. <laughs> <laughs> but we can actually find that we can give people an opportunity to minister, not because of their age, but because of their gifting. Yes. And we've all got something to bring. Yeah. So, yeah. Let me leap off the back of that. I, I think, I think you build it by taking chances in, on people. Yes. Yep. And you know, like, um, if you see, um, I, I, I've been guilty of just saying to people, we want this ministry and you're available, so go ahead and do it. And got some success. Mm. Um, but I, 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 do, I do think we've got to take chances. I think sometimes we, um, uh, we, look, at, we look at what we don't have Mm -hmm. Just kind of, oh, why not? You know, why don't we? Why don't we? I think, I think sometimes God, God brings people around your world for the express reason yeah. to just say, ask them to do it. Yeah. And sometimes yes. yeah. it might be the most weirdest, oddest fit for someone until they're doing it. And then all of a sudden, they just mm -hmm. outshine, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, think it's, I think there's a component of you know, calculated risk. Yeah. I think yeah. I think you've got to you've got to be willing to um, have a shot. I guess. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, because you know, church is made up of all people, eh? You know, all oh, ages, yeah. all totally. stages. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um. So, a question for you, Mark. Um. How, you know, how do you? What are some top tips for staying in ministry for the long haul? Yeah. yeah what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this person's saying I'm old and that. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in this space for a way long time, but I'm probably more passionate about it now than when I first began. Oh my goodness. Uh, because God's grown me so much mm -hmm. in that space. True. And what I, I have sort of learned in that is, is what you do in ministry is only very much part of it. It's who you become.
coming. True. So if you want to be in for the long haul, think, who, who am I becoming mm. in this space? Um, are we curious for the word of God? Do we see what God is yep. doing yes, in this space? True. Do we want to see yeah. God do miracles in, yeah. in, in our yeah. ministries? Mm. And we've seen incredible stuff. So I think pacing yourself, mm. um, uh, knowing why you do what you do. Mm. I even write it in a business card and it's often in my wallet, why I do what I do, because some yeah. days you wonder, yeah. And like the days when you're vacuuming and everyone's going off and I can remember a time right now when someone said, have a great afternoon and I was vacuuming and I just said, I will when I finished here and they walked off and, and, and just sort of shut the door and I'm going, what happened to me just then? Yeah. And then thought, yeah. nah, okay, so how do we think about this differently? But you've always got to be able to think through different ways of doing stuff. Mm. Don't get yeah. stuck in the same way. Mm. And then try and make that culture of serving a fun yeah. place yeah. that people would just want to yeah. keep serving yeah. in there. And it just sounds hard when you don't have many people and in the season with bouncing back mm. after COVID, it's yeah. tough. Yeah. But have yeah. fun in that space and yeah. whatever that looks like, trying to be there. Yeah. But keep growing in it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. new and different. Yeah, yeah so true. Yes. I think this next question really naturally progresses on that. Um, how do you increase your leaders to have, have enough to run programs? So volunteers, recruitment, assist everyone? Mm. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, look, I, I think um, if it's a resource issue, then obviously you increase the resource. If it's a personal issue, I think it's the same. You take the time to increase the person. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I, think, I think people are a lot bigger, deeper, stronger than, than we perhaps realise or perhaps even they realise. Um, so uh, is this answering the question a little yes. bit? Yeah, okay, good. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah, so in regards, to, in regards to resources, I think you have to identify um, where the deficit truly is. Some people actually have a have a belief deficit, like they're more than capable. You've got the resources, but they just don't have it. They just believe they don't have it, and we've got to be able to speak into that. And be able, you know, help them to realise, no, you are good enough. You're more than enough, and um, yeah, and probably the other side of um, the resources. You know, I think everybody in church would agree that there ain't no problem that $10,000 can't fix. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so if you ain't got the $10,000, you've got to get pretty smart about how you, <laughs> yeah. you, know, how you make it work. Yeah. 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 Did you want to say anything on sure. that? Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah um, in a time where, like I know even for us at Hamilton City, it's a time where we have the least amount of people willing to volunteer than what we ever have mm -hmm. and it's not just a Salvation Army problem it's a wider problem like people have loved the time that they've got to spend at home from COVID and they've worked out that actually they like the break as well they don't sometimes they just want a break from the volunteering yep. but not necessarily the right decision some of them might need it but then some are just going nah but I also like to show people what they're missing out on when they're not volunteering. So like we have in our church, we have a lot of older people as well as a lot of younger people. And quite often our older people don't even know what young people we've got. So it's like intentionally making these connections like, 
oh, this old person, and I'll go up to them, do you know this family? Oh, and no, I've never met them. And I was like, cool, come and meet them. And through these connections, you're able to show the people what they're sort of missing out on in your area of ministry. Like, that's really cool that you do that in big church or whatever you call your church space. But this is what we do in our kids' church. And you make it sound awesome. Like, you sound like the kids' church is the place to be. They don't want to be in big church. Like, they need to come and help out in your kids' space because it's a lot funner. They're going to get way more out of what they will sitting in a big church just listening to a sermon. Um, but also make it accessible for them. So whether it's they help out once a month by serving morning tea or something to your little preschoolers or they don't have to lead a program and I think that's so often why people just don't volunteer because they're like no not me I'm not I'm not looking after 20 right. kids running a program mm -hmm. yeah. but it's like there's so much more to children's ministry and youth ministry than just doing that so making them aware that there are other options as well as yeah. to how they can volunteer yeah. And recruit out of vision, not yeah. out of desperation. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, I'm dying in kids' ministry, come and help yeah. me out. No one's going to no. step into yeah. that space. No. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah. the vision of what could be. Yeah. And mm. people will serve for a variety of different reasons. Yeah. Some people will serve because their kids are in the ministry. Engage them. What do yeah. they do in that space? How can they support? And you try and work out their, their availability and their capacity, mm. but call them to that next yeah. thing. Um, I think sometimes we get too soft. Mm. Um, invitation and challenge. I yeah. invite you into this space, but here's the challenge. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it's doing it with you. Mm. Like I had a group that would cut out and are leading in a big ministry at the time, but we needed to cut stuff out. So they called themselves the Cutters Club and they would come <laughs> in with their cup of tea and their all ages, mind you, um, yeah. and, and scissors and we'd have everything spread out. But I learned that I needed to be in that room with them for a little bit because just mm, being yeah. there, the ministry leader, investing in them. I wasn't in there all the time. I'd breeze yeah. in and out, and, but I found that they needed uh, proximity. Yeah. And so think vision and then who will walk alongside them yes. in that, that yeah. space. But people will give you more when it taps into their gifting space. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll just have so much fun that they'll cast a different narrative around yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Were they cutting out the sermon? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's easy just to mute yeah, the mic of yeah. the senior pastor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, so we have a question coming in from our friends joining us in Tonga. So, hey. Hey. Um, so uh, from your perspective, how do you see young people in the next 10 to 15, oh, 15 to 20 years, yep. not only in the Salvation Army, but in general, mm. and why? And what does that mean for our ministry? It's mm. a good question. Good question. Take a second again if you need yeah. some time yeah. to think about it. But. Um, uh, some of you may know, um, you know, the YouTube sensation psychologist, um, uh, Jordan Peters. Peterson. Peters? Peterson. Anyway, um, he, was, he had a word for the church recently. And it was simply this. He said, if you want your church to grow, put a sign out the front that says, young men are welcome here. And he, and he notes that in the Western world, young men are being attacked psychologically. They're the enemy. And the church, we don't do them any favors. Um, I think that we need to be mindful that there is a, a, a demonic attack 
against this generation, and in particular, against, uh, well, I'm not going to just pick on men, but there's, a, there's an attack on this generation, and we need to be uh, spiritually warring and battling um, for, this, for this generation of young people. Mm. How does the next five to ten years look? That's why I say with all my heart, we've got to inspire young people to yeah. be willing to step up to the mark regardless of what this world is telling them about themselves yeah. come on gang come on we can do this we can really do yeah. this it only takes a couple of matches to start a fire mm. yeah. um so but in answer to the question discipleship it's about discipleship mm. and if we can be great at discipling then our our youth ministries and our communities our schools you know will be better off um, because we were good at mm. at, at discipling yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Marg, anything from you on this one? Young people want to change the world. Mm. Yes. You know, and, yeah. and they get knocked back all the time. So Absolutely. how can we, uh, you know, facilitate some of this energy? Mm. And if we're not going to do it yeah. in the church, the business world will grab them. Yes. You look at yeah. all these young, innovative leaders in 18 to 25. Mm. They're making the big life decisions there. Got God loads of responsibility. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, oh, no, you can't do something until you're a little bit older in the church. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, message for those in my yeah. age group, get out of the yeah. power places yes. and be yeah. in the support places. Come on, good yeah. and let people come, young people come through. Mm. I think they're far more passionate mm. than yes. we are. They, they're growing up in different challenges like gender fluidity and all of yeah. this sort of thing sure. is impacting us. But they need the wisdom of their older people, yeah. but the freedom to reach their generation. Mm. But I think it's that casting that bigger story, eh? And yes. we believe in you type narrative rather than, oh, you shock us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we've got to wrestle with that and listen to the Holy Spirit's prompting yes. in that space. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. This next question, I actually really like this question and I'm excited for your answers. I have quite a personal relation to this one right now. Um, how would you go about bringing a faith focus to a very community-based youth group? Great. Yeah. Go Steph. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, you don't have anything to um, say. <laughs> I, um, I love that question because so often we are church or community and it's like yeah. we need to change our mindset and be one and I, I totally understand where you're coming from meaning that they are, they have not grown up in the church mm. but why should we treat it any different mm. to what we do with our church church kids who have grown up like our community kids they want people to love them because quite often they don't get that at home they want those relationships with people they want that time somebody to invest in them and it's like, that's exactly what our church kids want as well. So it's like, we, we have such an awesome platform to be able to do that. And you can slowly start bringing Jesus into it. Like, yeah. obviously it's like a piece of a pizza. So this is how I always think of it. You're not gonna give uh, well, you probably would give a youth a whole pizza, so <laughs> we'll go. With, yeah, we'll yeah. go with a child. You only eat it one. Yeah, time. you're not going to give a six-year-old a whole thing of pizza and just force them to eat it. You have to give them like one slice at a time, and it's the same with our Bible teaching. Like, you're not going to give them the whole Bible and be like, 
there you go, sweet, you're all sorted, we'll see you in heaven. But you slowly just start dropping little bits of Bible or Jesus knowledge into conversations mm. or like, oh, I had this really awesome ex um, sorry, experience today that I got to pray with this awesome youth and you yeah. can tell your other youth about it. Or I heard this really awesome um, testimony today, do you want me to tell you about it? And those little conversations are a way to start bringing faith yeah. into yeah. your group that you're working with. And yeah, start small and it gets bigger from there. Yeah. But yeah, I just encourage you in what you're doing because it is hard and sometimes you don't feel like you're getting anywhere, but it is making a difference to them. Mm, yeah. 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 But I think like any young people, they want to know, do, do you like them? Yeah. You know, yeah. Do, do you want to be around them? I'm actually, just for fun, um, doing on a Friday night uh, during the school terms with some kids in our community. Yeah. And so we just have, you know, a church base. But again, we started reading the Bible and I said, you know, it would be fun to read a story from the Bible. So we just read it out together and go, so let's try and act it out or talk it out. Yeah. And these guys said, well, what do you see happening? And, and one of the young people just a couple of weeks ago said to me, oh, that guy Jesus, he talks behind people's backs. I go, what do you mean? He goes, because he went back and talked to those other friends and told them what those other... <laughs> and I go, that's exactly what... It was in the scripture, and we had yeah. this great talk about it. Mm -hmm. And you go, they're actually more spiritually aware. Sometimes mm. we yeah. apologise for Jesus. Mm. Yes. Yeah. But I think really what's wrong is I think we have this picture of what a follower of Jesus looks like. Mm. And we go, yeah. oh, we want you to be like that. Mm. What if that's not the picture? Yeah. What if God's got a different picture for them and just yeah. telling his story and inviting them to have a conversation? But yeah. you can't do that cold and it's not bait and switch. You're hanging mm. around there. But yeah. I would say if you've got a youth environment, mm. make sure that you wrap it up with, a, with something from the Bible and go, yeah. hey, this is what I believe, guys. Yeah. Um, and I want to share it from my personal experience. Yeah. When I've done that, the young teenagers still are... Uh, Exciting. I mean, why would these guys want to sit and hear something from someone like me? But th th they do, and it's just mm -hmm. super exciting, and I'm yeah. learning so much about it. So the needs yeah. of our kids are consistent, whether in the church or not. Sometimes I think our ch church kids have all the head knowledge, and it stops there. Mm -hmm. yeah. I want it to grab their hearts. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. 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 Um, let me throw in my two cents. Is that okay, Georgia? Um, no, it's not okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Lost. No. Um, yeah. Uh, when it comes to community-based ministries, we've, we, have to, um, we have to not be ashamed. Mm. That's what we're talking about. Mm. Um, because just because sometimes in church we are oversensitized, is that the word? No, desensitized? Yeah, desensitized. To, yeah. desensitized to, um, to, you know, spiritual practice and, and prayer and, and, oh, here we go again. Um, when you take that into the community and, okay, so you've got to be creative, guys, okay? You can't just, you know, just get all Holy Ghost up in here, you know, on, on people. Um, but you've got to be creative, right? So you've got to be, and you've got to be really clever how you do it. But if I can encourage you, if you look at your practice that you do on a typical Sunday, if you just reduce the cringe and get more of the creative, it will yeah. be more than applicable Mm. To, to your um, community yeah. 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 yeah, that's really good. Um, awesome. So we've got about three questions left. So Steph, I'm going to come to you for this one. Um, and this one comes from our friends in Fiji. So Buller to our friends in Fiji. 
Um, how can we encourage leaders around the importance of follow-up um, when young people leave programs or become disengaged? Yeah, that is a very important question, yeah. And honestly, um, it changes. It depends on the person when they leave, I think. Whether they have left out of, um, family, like families moved away or like whatever the circumstances. Um, but if you have, if you already have that relationship with that young person or child, they're still going to respond. Like you're not just going to cut it off and be like, see ya, don't come back. Like, who would? Like, I have many of families that have left who I still regularly text and just be like, hey, how you doing? Thinking about you. It's not something that you consistently have to do like every single week, but it makes a difference knowing that somebody who you once knew still cared about you and is still invested in knowing how you were doing, especially yep. as a young person, because so often as young people, they leave and that's it, like all ties are just everything stops and they're like oh what a waste of the last four years of my life being yeah. part of that church yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it is super important to be able to um keep that contact up with them but just sort of change how you do it and be like yeah god's really put you on my heart today just thinking about you and if they don't respond that's on them as well like they youth or young people they're not always going to respond but they're still going to know that you've made the effort yep. to yeah, contact true. them and that makes a difference for them in the big picture. Great. Yeah. 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 Um, I feel like I, I mean, should say something. I was I'm just trying to remember what the question was, but because... Oh, yeah, 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 that's what I was, yeah, 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 yeah. was going to say. Um, look... Um, it's a little bit about what we spoke about earlier. You need you need to just go one step above. Yeah. You know, like if you are, if, if that person, two things. If that person, if you have enough of a relationship that they trust you to walk with them spiritually, and two, God's put you in their world out of a spirit of love, then three, um, you're asking them to read the Bible. You've got to read the Bible and pray for them. Yeah. Like that's the next step above. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, and, 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 and lovingly I want to say you can do it. Um, the Holy Spirit's in you to do it. And uh, don't doubt yourself. Don't, don't get yourself caught up on your failings. Just simply keep pushing forward into, um, you know, you're more than a conqueror. Just mm -hmm. sit in a whole lot of Romans 8 and mm -hmm. see what God can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mark, we have a question for you now. Yeah. Um, how do you handle the pressure from other leaders who criticize the way you lead and run programs oh. in particular ministry? Oh, Does this bring up some bad memories? Oh, bad memories. It's gonna take some bad memory the brain. Oh dear, yeah, yeah, no. Look, people will always have an opinion. True. Yeah. Uh, they'll always think they can do it better than you. Of course. Uh, and so the thing is to understand why you do what you do. Mm -hmm. I'm a yeah. strong believer in the why. Mm -hmm. And so then if somebody brings a criticism, 
the the thing to do is after I've sulked for a bit, get myself in <laughs> and say, well, help me help me understand what your concern is. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to be open-handed with that, and then go well. Here, let me put your your you at rest about this. Mm -hmm. Here's where I'm going because sometimes they don't understand the why you do things. Um, I have a very strong opinion about you know children being settled in their environment, not leaving the auditorium mm -hmm. halfway through a service. Yeah. I think yeah. it's disruptive. I won't go into it now. And I'm not saying it's wrong for anyone else, but for me and my philosophy, um, that can be a you know, rub point. Yeah. So we go, here's what you're concerned about. Mm -hmm. Here's what I know the win is for us. Right. And this is what mm -hmm. matters. So yeah. when I come with your kids, this is what I want to be able to do in that space. Right. And here's how you can worship with your kids at home and mm -hmm. different things. So I think it's really a lack of understanding. Yeah. And so try to um, just yeah, brace yourself. But I think it's also it's good for you to be accountable. Yeah. for the yeah. way you lead yeah. and that way then you know why you do we call it subconscious competencies I do what I do but here's the reason behind it and mm. more often than not I get oh right yeah. Yeah. and I've seen people who one stage were I just sort of think when I first came to Grace City there was a big thing about youth ministry I moved it to a Friday night not a Sunday morning and all of this sort of thing and I had Parents were quite upset, actually, <laughs> very upset. But the lovely thing is at the end of the year, after doing it differently, I had a dad come and say, you gave me my son back. Awesome. And I'm going, wow, you really criticised me, but I didn't remind him of that. <laughs> I said, thank you for trusting us with what yeah. you knew. Yeah. And now he's one of the most um, avid campaigners for our ministry. So, you know, nice. turn the criticism into something yeah, positive. Very, yeah. But yeah, very, know what you know and go, you know what, I'm just going to pursue, keep faithful, keep smiling. Yeah. yeah. It frustrates those who have the plans yeah. for you. Yeah. Can I also just tell people that you have a slide in your church? Ah, uh, yes. Like an yeah, indoor yeah. slide to go down to what to your children's room. <laughs> From, yeah, yeah, the church that I led in Melbourne. We wanted to make sure that we had fun at church. Oh, yeah. And so I thought, why do we need a wide stairwell? It took slide. me four years, but we got the slide. So if you're ever at Crossway Baptist in Melbourne, go down the slide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going. Um, they're going to wax yeah. it till you go faster. It's great. Yeah. So good. <laughs> Throw that in there. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Love it. So good. Um, yeah. So we've got a final question that we're going to just, um, for everybody. Um, how do you increase engagement around next generation ministry from your in your wider church? Anyone? <laughs> 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 to go? I was going, oh. Uh, Dive into the crowd, would you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, crowd dive, crowd dive. Yeah, Rocky, yeah. 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 Oh, you've got um, your senior pastor on board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, it's a, it's a number of components of variables, but in the end, with purpose, mm. you've got to you've got to enter into your next phase, um, go for your next dream, and you've got to do it purposefully. Mm. And I I think waiting for the opportune moment with the right money and the right personnel and X Y Z just never comes. You've just got to decide we're going in this direction and we're putting money aside tomorrow to get that thing going. Yeah. And, you know, I believe with all my heart that God blesses the prepared. Mm. So yeah. I think, I think, yeah. we, I think we just think, you know, God's not looking and somehow, oh, we tricked him and he just, you know, <laughs> you're the right person. You yeah. know, no, if you've been praying, if you're believing, mm. you know, God, we need to, you know, hit the next generation. We need, and right now we don't have people. Mm. Mm. What's it going to cost? Yeah. Work in the budget now. 
Start yes. putting putting stuff yeah. aside, you know? Yeah. God will bring it. God will bring the right people. This is my take. Yeah. 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 And Steph, you know? Any um, yeah, I love what you're saying about God bringing the right people. But it's also tying back to what Marg was saying earlier, is actually giving the next generation the opportunity yeah. to be able to serve. Now, in my ministry, we run... I would say 80% of my volunteers are youth. And then under that, so those are our high school, and then under that we have our year eights and our nines as our junior leaders. So they are working alongside an adult or a um, year 13 at high school. And they are discipled and they are showing how to sort of be a leader, what it means to be a leader, what you have to do on a, before the program, what you have mm. to do after the program. But they've got the opportunity and none of my kids who are leaders were ever given that previous. Obviously they were younger, but it just was not a space where we were like, oh, our youth or intermediate kids have a say in this. So as soon as I started, that was the first thing I changed. I was like, nope, they have just as much to offer as what I do. They've got the time, they've got the energy, and they have the heart to serve. So, yep. yeah, just making sure that we are actually giving them the platform and the opportunity to be able to step out and Amen. stand yeah. up and be like, I want to do this. Great. Yeah. yeah. You remember when... Um, Moses and God were having this conversation about should I go to the people of Pharaoh or yeah. not? And uh, God said, what have you got in your hand? Mm. And that's been a narrative that's come yes. back to me when I've complained about what I don't have, mm. why yes. people were treating next gen the way yeah. they were. Yeah. And it's like God saying, what have you got in your hand? Mm. Yep. And then the next thing he said, uh, lay it down. Mm. Yep. Mm. And when he picked up that staff, that had turned into a snake. Mm. He picked it up by the most dangerous part. <laughs> but when he picked it up, it turned back to a staff, but he yes. never saw it the same again. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. with next gen, I go, what have I got in my hand? I've got a generation yep. who's uh, loving Jesus. Mm. Yes. yes. I will do my part mm. in that space yeah. and help them. That yeah. they will rise up and take their place. That they yeah. will have a voice. Yeah. They don't have Amen. to fight for that voice. Mm. Yes. God's already given yeah. it to them. Yeah. So we've got to tell the narrative, tell the story. Moses didn't look at that staff in the same way again. No. I don't yeah. look at next gen and go, I've got to fight for this. Yeah. I've just yeah. got to tell the better story. Yeah. yeah. And so often uh, going to a senior leader to try and get something for the next gen, it's like, it's battle time. Yeah. But yeah. I took a different approach and just told the stories. Yeah. yeah, and told the stories. Yeah. And I can remember one meeting, particularly on the executive team, and we were talking about youth. And then I just started telling the stories, but these guys were all had all had kids at different ages. So I told stories into each of those spaces. Mm. Nice. Something happened mm. in that. Mm. And we got a platform that we, we could use. So I'd really encourage you, tell the good stories. Mm. Yeah. They may be little, but tell the stories. Yes. And when the stories are told, then it becomes a bigger deal. And people mm. go, I want to be part of this. How can we resource you? And it's like, 
there was a narrative around that anything I wanted and next gen I got, <laughs> money-wise, resources. <laughs> yeah. um, all it was was I was telling the story and people were saying, what do you need? Yeah, yeah. And so oh, things were appearing in yeah. our ministries. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I just encourage you, don't do it for a particular thing yeah. other than to raise the next generation, tell the story, but look at what you've got in your hand and know that God can use that. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome, and I, how encouraging for your own spirit to you know be sharing these stories and like yeah, these wins yeah. and yeah. so that. And someone once told me, you know, like it's so good to have like a book of stories that you know you write down and just have you know these wins in your ministry, yeah, which yes. yeah. joy, yeah. joy, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. just to look back on over time and things. So yeah, yeah it's really cool. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing all of you know your wisdom and thoughts about everything and yeah. uh, it's been so good um i just really love to pray over this time awesome. and for yeah. us Thank and you. um for all of our leaders mm. and volunteers mm. great um god we thank you so much for this time we thank you for um this the space where we've been able to talk about mm. you and um discuss how you know as leaders we can make it count for the next generation um, I thank you, God, for Margaret and for Steph yes. and for Raki and um, just the wisdom and knowledge that they've shared with us, their own practical experience. And I pray that um, all of that information would just really permeate and settle in the hearts of those mm -hmm. at home who are listening. And um, God, I pray that you would just continue to help our ministry to thrive and um, be positive and exciting. And God, I thank you and I honour you for all the leaders that are sitting at home who week in, week out, um, work with youth and young people and children. And um, God, I just pray that you would bless them abundantly, pour out your spirit over um, our territory, over Samoa, over mm. Fiji, over yeah. Tonga, and over Aotearoa, New Zealand. Mm. And I just pray that you would really um, yeah, do new things in these spaces. Um, encourage us, give us energy um, for the future and I pray that you would just really seal this time with your spirit yeah. um, in your name Jesus Amen, Amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode we hope you got something out of it maybe a little nugget of wisdom or a practical tip you can start implementing in your ministry if you want to check out more, you can head to our website, www.moreconference.co.nz for the most up-to-date news and content from us. We'll see you next time on the More Children's and Youth Leadership Podcast. Mm -hmm.